0: And when you get to that place, you're like, oh, my goodness, why in the world did I try so long on my own? Because there is more freedom in allowing him to lead than there is any time when we think we had control over it.
1: Hey friends, I'm Ryan Channel, a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, encouraging other women to seek and know God and grow a deeper relationship with Him. Welcome to Wellness and the Word, a podcast helping Christian women create ultimate mental and physical wellness through meditating on God's Word to renew our minds, learning how to apply His truth to our lives, and taking care of our bodies the way He intends us to. My love for Jesus and my passion for wellness as a holistic health coach collide in this podcast that shares the gospel. Gospel literally means good news, friends. Don't we need more of that in today's world? I believe we all have a God-shaped hole in our hearts, and I want to point you to the only one who can fill it. Come join me and be encouraged as we chat about God's love and how to take care of you. Hey friends, it's Ryan. Welcome to Wellness and the Word and happy Testimony Tuesday. Today, I have Michelle Porterfield with me sharing her testimony. Michelle is the host of Set Free Sisterhood podcast and a certified narrow transformational coach. She specializes in helping women live free from alcohol, get control back, reignite their faith, and thrive in their next steps. I love Michelle's mission. It's absolutely amazing and so needed. Michelle is a Southern girl, born and raised in South Carolina. She has three cool kids, two amazing daughters, and a son who was their bonus kid through adoption at the age of five. She's been married to her hubs for almost 19 years. She has overcome self-doubt, broken promises, daily drinking, and feeling stuck in reaction mode for almost a decade. Michelle's mission is to help women learn that they have control of their thoughts and actions. She wants them to be able to see their value and strength and believe that they can commit to the hard stuff and overcome. Her desire is that they elevate their awareness around the things that they go to when they are stressed, frustrated, angry, uncomfortable, embarrassed, and sometimes even happy. These things keep us small and in captivity. They blur our minds and hearts so that we stay the same. Then women can learn to master their mindset, control their choices, set needed boundaries, and create meaningful relationships with others. They become truly set free. Again, I just love Michelle's mission. I love Michelle and talking with her and learning about more about her story, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Well, hello, Michelle. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm really excited to have you on. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So will you just introduce yourself and let us know a little bit
0: about you? Sure. Thank you. Yeah. Um, My name is Michelle Porterfield and I'm the host of the Set Free Sisterhood podcast. And I say I'm a a former wine drinker and uh, a former breaking promises to myself person. Um, I spent many years doing that. So I'm a mom of three, two are biological and one is adopted which is a pretty crazy um, story in itself. And um, I've been a hairstylist for, man, 16 years now and have thoroughly enjoyed that journey of relation with women and loving on them. And I have known that God has used that to create impact and then um, is just expanding me to impact more. And so that's when I stepped into coaching and podcasting and how I even met you now. Yes, I love it. That's so cool. Um, I'm already excited to talk more about hopefully
1: your adoption journey. I didn't know that about you. And then I do love how you just talked about that role of being a hairdresser, but you are, you get to be that person that people are speaking to and you get to make an impact. Like how cool that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we can use our gifts and our talents to really speak to people. So that's really fun. So Michelle, um, just tell us a little bit about your faith journey. Where does that begin? Have you always been a believer?
0: Yeah, so um, I'm really, really blessed. I have awesome parents who have brought me up in church with faith. It was super cool. And so as a young child, I knew being exposed by the gospel um, that I wanted a relationship with Jesus. And so that was something that came to me early on in life. And um, so I grew up in the church and, uh, you know, went through high school and really just began to ask a lot of why questions of my parents, because I have found out later that just part of how I'm wired is uh, I have a little bit of a rebellious nature <laughs> and uh, following rules are kind of not natural for me. And so, um, but I will, and I'm on board if I just kind of know why, you know, what is the motivation? Why am I doing this? You know, understanding that. So there was times that I didn't really get answers to that. And so I just began to explore and experiment. And so I had a wild journey throughout my teenage years, early twenties. Um, and then the one thing I can say through the, all the ups and downs is that I always had the the Holy spirit. Like I always knew that God was with me. I was just choosing to rebel and choosing to disconnect because I just wanted to, and I wanted to do things differently. So, um, and then it basically led me into my adulthood. And then you start adding in marriage and kids and jobs and things like that. And so the story could go all different ways. So let's just decide where you want it to go for your <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. Yeah. I already have so many things to to say
1: and so many paths we can go down. So I just love, well, I always love when people have that opportunity to have parents who are believers and get to grow up in church. It's such a blessing. And I, I'm so happy that I'm passing that along to my kids because I think it is really important. But I really loved how you said you wanted to know the why behind things and you'll get on board. You're rebellious, which you'll get on board if you know the why. And I think I'm pretty similar to that. And I I see that, especially in my daughter. And sometimes as parents, I can tend to just be like, I, I'm i not going to answer questions right now. This is what we're doing. And because I said so. But I, I don't like to do that. I really... I don't like to try to just be bossy and have that because I'm the parent attitude. I think it's really cool to be able to speak that into them. And especially for the kids who really need that, right? All of our kids are different. And I think that was just a pretty powerful point that our kids deserve to know why. And if they're curious, we can
0: really steward that in them. So that was one of the things that came up. Mm -hmm, For sure. And I have a daughter that is so much like me this is giving me an opportunity to (laughs) reflect (laughs) and be like okay now I get to um, I get to learn this in a new way from the parents perspective Um, because you know when we think about this I want to bring this up because I hear this a lot even in coaching conversations when people begin to talk about their parents they feel kind of bad like well if I say something negative about how I was raised or whatever like you know, but my parents are really good people. And it's the cool thing about it is that it can be both. You can have amazing, wonderful parents and have something now that you didn't know then and just believe that they were doing the best they could. And then you can choose to explore how you want to parent. So that's super important because I am treating my daughter, you know, based on even what I've learned through this, my own journey of allowing her to explore the why and allowing her to. Um, kind of just within safe boundaries, let her sort of figure and navigate things out as well on her own. Yeah,
1: definitely. I love that. I think that's really important to just give them that freedom, but also being there for them. And just, we can, we can either shut that down in a, in a negative way, or we can really like fan that flame in a really positive way. And I think that's super important. I think, especially with mothers with daughters, because they are often so similar to us and can be just really revealing about ourselves. Like I feel like I'm often more frustrated with my daughter than my, my two sons. And I think that's because she's so much like me and it's just really funny.
0: Yeah. We see ourselves sometimes and we're like, this is that thing that I drive myself crazy. You know, I was hoping maybe you, you know, to ourselves, I was hoping maybe you didn't get that characteristic. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes, So true. And especially that rebellion because I was the same way and I didn't do positive things with that rebellion, but I think we can, I think we really can use that rebellious spirit to do positive things. So do you think that you're helping your daughter if she has that rebellious spirit to really find that, that good space with it in ways that maybe you didn't I hope so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I'm letting her explore. A lot of hers too comes out in um, expression. She's super creative and I'm noticing um, drama and writing. So I'm trying to use that natural gift that she has and really teach her about journaling and expressing yourself in, different ways and, you know, the, the whole body connection to and just to ask, to be really open to asking me. I think for me, I just felt like a lot of times I couldn't ask or, you know, when I did, it was the, you know, because I said so or it was, um, you know, we just don't do this or, you know, the right versus wrong. And, and I really and our kids today are even smarter and they have more ability to get information you know, they just need more information sometimes and exploring it. So that's my goal with them. Yeah. That's really been something that's been on my heart a lot is just really
1: taking the time to walk through things with them instead of just being like impatient or again, just that, that, because I said, so attitude, I really think it's so important to just Kids are children, or kids are people too. So they deserve just as much respect and time and explanation of things as we do. So that's been really on my heart. I think that's something God's like, hey, you need to spend more time here in this area with your kids, just
0: explaining things to them and letting n- them know that they have that voice. Mm-hmm, for sure. And I will touch on this if uh, if it's okay about this area because you know so much of my story is. How I have been set free from this cycle of daily drinking. And so, when you look at it from this angle, when it comes to parenting and communication, there was a long time I did not take the time. I was irritated by them. You know, I was, you know, stressed out. I was triggered. I chose to, you know, end my stress and chose to, you know, drink wine in the evenings, which, technically we think that that relaxes us, but basically it's just numbing kind of the irritation that we're having. Mm -hmm. And then, but what happens is we, it creates more. So if the kids are acting out or they're fighting and arguing, arguing, it was more of a extra irritation. And so I would would just want to shut it down. So I didn't give them that time in those conversations. And it actually really affected mine and my my oldest daughter's relationship. And so that's one of the things now that I share with Women that I work with that have children because, you know, if we're we're doing that, not only just by what they see that we're choosing when we're stressed, but just how we show up. They see it and they feel it and they begin to detach because it's safer for them to detach because they might not know how's mom going to react in this moment. So our relationship is like unbelievable now since I have gone through this journey. So that's huge for anyone listening that may tend to go there, um, with wine to think that maybe that calms them down. It actually just really creates a bigger storm. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. I think
1: that's so important. And it was something that I was hoping we were going to get into Michelle, because that is such a big part of your story. And I think it's such an important message and I want you to share more about that, but it really, what's funny is that for you, you're, it was drinking, and for me, what came up right now when you were talking was my busyness. So just getting, I'm already irritated. I'm already stressed. Um, they're triggering me, and for me, it's not that I'm I'm drinking. I I don't drink really ever. But it's the busyness. It's like I'm all I I. That's how I. That's my coping mechanism, which I don't usually see it as that I'm doing positive things. But that it's totally my coping mechanism, and if they're bothering me while I'm over here being busy that's when I'm even triggered even more. So it's just really interesting that it can be so many different things that we're using as that tool. But will you talk more about your journey with that daily drink and kind of how that all came to a head and how you started working? That's that's really your
0: mission, right? Is to help women kind of get set free from that part Mm -hmm. of our lives. Yeah, totally. And I want to mention what you said about business, busyness. Oh my goodness. I bet (laughs) many ears perked up because we, oh gosh, that one's so easy to just be like, but this is what, you know, this is my business. This is what I'm called to do. Or, you know, I need to be over here learning and growing and I can definitely raise my hand and say, I have gotten trapped into the busyness as coping as well. So that was a very good point for those that, you know, can maybe look and see that. I just think these, these conversations are so good because it allows us to just kind of look and scan, like, you know, what's coming up for me and something for growth. So cool. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Thank you. So as far as my journey with drinking, um, I'll try to do it, share it in some kind of little, little bullet points, if you will really where I increased was in my twenties because of the lifestyle I was living and, you know, going out super social, things like that. Um, I tell a story about how, you know, I wasn't interested in book clubs. I was interested in wine clubs cause that was cool. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're cool if you have a wine club and you eat cheese and olives and all the fancy things and sit around and, you know, giggle with your friends. And, um, and it just became sort of normal and then what I found was even looking back now, I knew it within within it. Like we know, we know that we know when we're in stuff that something's not right, but it really com- becomes clear when we look back. And so I just happened to be, me and a couple of the other um, girls were just kind of the ones that just really didn't have a cutoff switch in those times where um, it was like the intent was to go and drink all the wine until it was gone. So, but then what happens is, you know, things in life change, marriage, children, and for the women that I'm specifically working with, you know, they mostly have had some sort of faith. They are a mom. They are working, whether it's inside or outside the home, they just really, they got it going on. They're smart. They're quick. They're, you know, very much even high achieving. And so, there has been seasons in their life where maybe they didn't drink, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm having a baby. So I didn't drink or, you know, this season here, I didn't drink. And so, but what happens is the patterns in the, in the, the memories are still there and it just doesn't take long that if we were to go back into it, which is what I found with me, it's after my children, especially the second one. um, I was like, started the process again, you know, get together and have cookouts or hang out with my friends. And it slowly went from, you know, something on the weekends to like a few more days during the week and then a few more days. And then the next thing, you know, it's just part of my kitchen uh, decor. (laughs) It's part of my daily routine. And um, the only time I really wouldn't is if I had something super important in the morning. And then there were times too later on that like if I had a race um when I was doing some little 5Ks and things like that, I'd be like, well, this one's not that big of a deal. I didn't, you know, I still got to choose. I'd have, I'm like, I'm gonna have more fun on Friday night, no big deal. Um and basically it just became in and out of my life. And so the thing is is that no one knew no one on the outside really knows. And I know that if the woman's listening right now, She, you know, it's more of if it's a conversation that we're beginning to have and I begin to question it and questioned it for probably a year or two. And it's just that conversation is like this just doesn't seem normal, you know, and then maybe even I've tried a few things of like, well, maybe I just won't drink for during the week and I only drink on the weekend. So we start having these like conversations and negotiate with ourselves and it actually makes it worse when we do that. Because the, there's more guilt, there's more self-loathing, there's more um, inner critic conversation, because then we just continue to realize, you know, how we just can't get it, get it right. Like, you know, there's something wrong with us, because we're just like, why can't I just stop drinking? And so for me, what it came to was, I got to the point where I just, my marriage was not very good, my relationship with my kids weren't, I just wasn't enjoying My life. Um, And there again, I was going to work and I was doing the thing, but I had really stopped kind of taking care of myself regularly. And it came to a moment, I just, just my bathtub moment was I was taking a bath, I had a few glasses of wine, and I just came to a place where I'm like, gosh, I just cannot continue down this road. Like, I'm miserable, I'm depressed, I just, I just can't keep going. If I do, there is it's gonna end up in a really dark place and i'm in i'm i'm in tears and finally i just felt the lord speak to my spirit he said well you gotta surrender you've got to surrender to me you've been trying this on your own it always makes me emotional this moment (laughs) it's so good Mm -hmm. and you know you've been trying it on your own girl you know these this this is not gonna work without me at the center and so it was That moment, I was like, all right, because I love control. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the key. And that's the thing with the women, you know, we do think we can control it. Like we've got it all together. You know, God gave us this ability to have this like strong exterior. And he gave us, you know, this, these skills that we have, he gives us this like way to like connect with people. And he but he also knows that we have to have that tender spirit and we have to open up to the vulnerability, which is super uncomfortable. But we have to say, All right, I really don't have this. And then what happens is once I really allowed him to to do it, he did it big time. That's
1: beautiful. That is so amazing. I love that totally. Holy Spirit goosebumps over here. <laughs> and just yeah, he he does when we like are just at that end where we're like weak and broken and we cannot go any anymore. He shows up and he's always there just kind of waiting around for us. I, I say this so often. He's waiting for us to just turn back to him. He's always got an outstretched hand waiting for us. And to have that moment of just Holy Spirit talking over you, just telling you to surrender. How beautiful. And I just, God is so good Yes. I love control too. (laughs) And you're right. Uh, Women are so amazing. We can, we can, you know, handle all the things and juggle all the things. Um, I loved how you talked about the tender spirit that we have as well. It's just, God made us so amazing. And the thing is that we can only go at that pace for so long without God, we need him. Like we absolutely, there's just no for me, at least, and and I I believe this to be true for everybody. But there's just no fullness and goodness without God. I cannot. I am not enough. I am only enough with God, and um, whew, just it's just so powerful, and it's just that reminder of even though it's normal, especially alcohol. You know, drugs are I- illegal and they're you know frowned upon, but alcohol is so widely accessible and it's just normal. And if you're not drinking at a party, you're not normal. And that's a problem. I, I have a whole other, you know, side Mm -hmm. of of that coin. It's just, I, I think it's really painful and really sad because it is so normal that I don't think we realize how many people are just struggling with it, that day to day of maybe a little bit, maybe it's just to get them by, but maybe it's a lot. And over time, it just, you know, starts to really compound.
0: Well, it just kind of takes over. You know, I use the language stronghold, you know, it just becomes something that is in the forefront of your mind constantly. And that's a lot of what we deal with and that I help with is that just that that obsessive mind drama in the negotiations and then just the whole, and this really dealing with what does that look like now? Like if I have spent my time, you know, going out with friends or, you know, end under this scene of what if I travel for work and my business people, it's just what we do. We go out to drink and, um, I'm learning now that I think more people struggle with it than people that don't struggle with it. That's what I see. Wow. I think that yeah. I think that's a big deal because it's just so, it is, it's uh, our conditioning, our culture, you know, look at the mommy memes and all these things, you know, the uh, baby on the hip, wine on the lips, you know, it's just ridiculous. And until you, yeah. you know, I, at one point I thought that was funny, you know, until I got exactly. to a place where I know that's not funny, <laughs> you know? And, um, and then it, as it relates, you mentioned just like, Having that tenderness and allowing God to come in, I can say now, and this is where part of my process too, is just helping people reignite their faith like you do. And when you get to that place, you're like, oh my goodness, why in the world did I try so long on my own? Because there is more freedom in allowing him to lead than there is any time when we think we had control over it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like now my life, like, I feel like those years that I was in that mess and then like they flew by, but now these last few years, like I get to just love every little moment. Like every piece seems like this beautiful picture and this being put together because I don't make decisions out of my, I mean, of course, you know, I'm still, I still have a my human nature and make lots of mistakes, but like, because I'm allowing him to lead and he's first, like, I don't just flippantly make decisions and I don't react to life. You know, I, he leads. So everything is, I don't know. It's hard to explain. The pace is just slower. There's more joy, um, more fulfillment. And this, those moments that we talked about, like really taking that time to slow down and and enjoy our children and our family.
1: Oh, that's so good. I think, what a, what a, what a great point is that time is feeling slower because you're not just constantly in like reaction mode, like you said, and you're not just surviving and trying to get through the day. And when we're living like that, we're just letting our lives just fly by us, right? The good moments, even though I know that sounds so cliche, but we are going to miss it one day when our kids are older. And especially if we're living in that way where we're not enjoying it. And we're just like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait for this day to end. So I can have my glass of wine. Mm -hmm. And I also am totally guilty of sharing those, those memes. And probably just over the last year, have I really realized the problem in that? And I, I really hate to see that. I don't share those things anymore because it really does just perpetuate the problem and normalize it. And I do
0: not want to do that at all hmm. Well, and, you know, I've had some friends do that. It's funny. I actually have a friend the other day that um, I was expressing something to. Um, it was just a, a, an irritation about my vehicle. The sunroof had torn up or something. And I was like, guys, oh, you know, they're gonna work on it. But I was just feeling frustrated. She goes, you need me to bring up a bottle of wine. And it was like, and then she went up. Oh. I would say that to one of my other friends. I know you don't want it. You know, it was just <laughs> kind of like it just came out of her mouth. And I giggled about it. I thought it was funny. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, well, sure you can bring it. I'm just not going to drink it. You know, <laughs> like I'm not the weird wine lady that you can't talk about it around me, you know? Um, but it was just funny cause it was super innocent, but you know, that's just another reminder of even those who, you know, may or may not drink. It's just it, because it's out there culturally, it's like, oh, well you're stressed out then why not?
1: Yes. Let me make you feel better here. Here's yeah. this glass of wine. Yeah. It's so interesting.
0: Um, so tell
1: us, Michelle, what did that process look like for you after that, after you kind of had that moment in the bathtub, how did God just work in your life and how did you stop drinking?
0: Yeah, that's so good. You know, it was, um, (laughs) I like to say it was a lot of zigging and a lot of zagging, um, through that whole journey and that's totally fine. And that's the thing I love to share is that first of all, there is no, uh, put together, prepared, exact strategy on the internet or in a book, you know, there's just your recipe, your plan for success. And so what I love about even what I've learned now on the other side is help as I help, it's more of that exploratory, you know, action with women of, you know, what does this look like for you? It may be a program that you go to, it may be you know, virtual meetups. It may be, um, you know, you uh, do it on your own. It may be you, ha- you have accountability partners. You know, I, it could be more than one thing. Um, of course, I work with people one-on-one, but for me, it was, I tried a lot and I'm so glad I did because it allowed me to be exposed to it. I did AA, Um, I went to some, we have some meetings called favor here in town, uh, celebrate recovery, which I've heard you talk about, Yes, which is so cool. Um, and which I will say that was my favorite by far, my favorite. And, um, and then a lot of it was, you know, working with actually my sponsor through celebrate recovery and learning that, and then really diving into, for me, the next steps were how I got into coaching, and then what I really learned about our brains, and that sort of is that key piece about the faith and how the brains work, and how a lot of our, you know, I saw I call it under the iceberg issues, the beliefs, the 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 things that are underneath, the traumas, the fears. Those are the things that if you really want transformation and you don't want to just be that person who, cause that's for me, I didn't just want to not drink, you know, I've heard the language of like, you know, I've been sober for this long or, you know, I've, I've been this way for this period of time. And for me, it's like, I don't really even use those words. I say I'm alcohol free and I say that it's just not a thing anymore Like I talk about it a lot because it's my mission to help women. But if I didn't, I probably just wouldn't even talk about it much because I want it to become not valuable. I don't want it to still be something that women have to struggle with the rest of their life. I just, I don't believe that that is freedom. Yeah. To take the power away from it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I love that. I loved how you said zigging and zagging there. There's no right path there and nobody's going to take the same path because what works for one person might not work for another. And just the importance of trying all the different tools. We have so many, you know, resources available at our fingertips. And I love to share about Celebrate Recovery for that reason, because again, just to normalize it, like if drinking is normal, why can't um, a church group be normal? And I, I just, it drives me crazy that going to church and being a believer is seen as just like strange or, you know, but, but drinking every day is totally normal. So definitely have a heart for that. And, and I like how you talked about just those things under the iceberg, because I also believe that even if you do get sober, if you're not dealing with all of the issues that maybe got you there that's probably just
0: going to come back up in your life or it's going to manifest in some other issue. Absolutely. Well, it does. It can either cause, um, whatever, quote unquote relapse, whatever that looks like. That kind of sounds like a really scary word for a lot of people, but it can cause you to not drink for a period of time. And then, you know, how many months are down the road? I've seen this over and over and it's just devastating when you have not only are more than likely the trigger is pretty traumatic. It could be a death in the family. It could be, you know, a relationship that has uh, broken up. It could be some financial devastation. And then you're like, well, I'll just drink this one time. Cause I just can't handle this feeling. And then you're back in this pit for usually a longer period of time and a lot faster. And that's the brain part, the chemical part that happens. And I've actually experienced and had conversations, um, with women who have had that. So if your goal is to just not drink, then maybe re reframe your goal. Cause that's really not gonna, really not going to benefit you in the long run. I love that. That's
1: really powerful because yeah, that's not going to keep us sober or
0: getting better. That's just a band aid. Well, think how many times you have said, or someone in your life has just said, you know what? I realize that sugar's bad for me. I know it's bad for me. It makes me feel bad. I've gained weight. You can Google the research and the, your goal is just to stop eating sugar. How many times a day do you now think about sugar? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's insane. Everywhere you look, there's something sweet and you're just fighting it and you can just feel the the physical sensation of like pressure in your body. And that's never gonna create freedom when that intensity is there. It's the same kind of thing with drinking.
1: Yes. I love that example. That is so good. That's something I, I am so passionate about. It's not having that deprivation mindset. So yeah, what a great point. I love that. How did it actually
0: transform your family and your faith when you did stop drinking? Wow. Um, well, it's a slow process, just like anything else. You know, it comes over time. Um, I think the main thing was putting God first, really getting back into this daily quiet time. I teach a lot of people this that are really intimidated by just going into the Bible, just really pulling up the Bible app and going in. The end and they have great three to seven to 15 day devotionals that are super user friendly that can have conversations about the mind or anxiety or hope or faith, or like, how do I read the Bible? You know, so much at your fingertips, but the faith piece is definitely one. And then I just really started becoming who I was meant to be. And it was really a process because the first little bit, you're just all out of sorts and a lot of emotions are coming up. But what I helped with and what I did was just really learn to set healthy boundaries to really take care of myself. You know, I had I had a conversation with my husband. You know, he he knew what was going on. He was in it. You know, he knew what was happening. And so when I said, Hey, this is what I need from you, you know, I need you to help me with the kids or, you know, I need to have this space. Sometimes I might go in the bedroom and just read a book. I may take naps, you know, I may whatever it took for me to um. Just care for myself in those moments. In the beginning, were important, and then as you get more clarity and the actual chemical gets out of your body, then that's when we can go into the deeper, the deeper work. And I just really started questioning some of the beliefs that was going on, and um, just connected and started looking at my family differently and building those relationships. You know, uh, apologizing where I needed to apologize. You know, and just having those type of Serious conversations, and then it just um, went from there. Gotten community connection, had accountability. Uh, really, just worked on like what are my values? You know what what matters to me? Like what are my beliefs, and how do I, you know, how do I investigate those? Do I believe that because I truly believe it, or is this just something that was told to me at a young age, or that happened to me in my life? And that's where a lot of that inner work came in, and then just walking day by day, really. And then having my own coach, you know, I work with the coach. I stay connected in a group, super important. Wow. That is all so good. Thank you so much for sharing that.
1: That is truly just so helpful. And I think it brings a lot of hope. And um, I just love that God is using you now to help other women with those same struggles and just the beautiful ministry that you have. So I'm really, really grateful that, you are doing that. And also I think how important it is to acknowledge that you didn't have to just completely go off the deep end. And that is such a blessing because that does happen to so many people where, you know, their whole lives are just completely devastated and, um, super grateful that you didn't have to go down that horrible path Mm -hmm. and, um, just that you're
0: walking out and you're calling now. That's so awesome. Thank you. And I use this analogy just to make point on that, a visual for you ladies is, you know, when we're in this cycle, whether it's this situation or something that you're struggling with, I visualize it as a train and train just got form and momentum and it just keeps going. And if you keep the same behavior and you're on the same path, that train's going somewhere and it may be going somewhere that you really can't even visualize that is going to take you to a dark place. So your choice is to, to open the door and jump off to the, there's a car sitting over there. There's, there's another train. There's no tracks yet, but that train car is sitting there. You can literally jump off that track. And so then the, the work that comes next is you have to go, you have to get moving. You can't just sit still. And so you build track by track by track. So that you can really begin to see, like, these are the pieces that lay there to keep me moving. So that at least as I'm walking this journey, I'll begin to see a safer, more joyful, fulfilled destination. And that is in the path that God has for you. And we're never really going to see it. We can't look far ahead to see it, but he will reveal track by track for us. And we just need to walk in it. So that's a visual for you. Wow. Oh, I have goosebumps. That is
1: so beautiful. I love that visual. Thank you so much. So good. Is there
0: anything else that we
1: haven't talked about that you'd like to share, Michelle?
0: You know, I think really, especially for your, your audience, I just want women to realize that, you know, it could be that when you hear about drinking and you hear these conversations that not only do you talk yourself out of it, um that you might have you know in quotation problem or I call it an unhealthy relationship with wine or alcohol. Even your friends, maybe you've mentioned to your friends and like, I'm really struggling with this and I feel like I'm drinking too much. You're like, oh no girl, you're fine. You your family's good. You you know you got it going on. You're working. And so what happens is, is sometimes we have this vision of what this looks like, how the world has presented to us that like, oh, it's somebody who's like, you know, they look terrible. They've lost their driver's license. They probably can't work anymore. Their husband left them. And this huge, like maybe even sleeping in an alley somewhere. Well, that is not very common. What's common is you know, the one who's, you know, going home every night like I was, but looked like everything, you know, was fine on the outside. They look like they have it all together. And church is huge. I spent years in church, you know, very faithful because it doesn't change that. And honestly, I tell you, keep going because God is going to draw you and talk to you even closer. But to really not. My thing is, is if you are listening or if you have even thought about your relationship with it, or even if you're like, huh, I don't drink a lot, but I, do, I have found myself drinking more since the pandemic. And I have noticed that I go to it because of stress or, you know, this has become a little bit more common in my friend group. I would just say, you know, just explore that, explore your thoughts around it and explore just what happens if you just gave it up. Just say, let's say, you know, let's just say 21 days just for kicks And really journal and log what goes on in your mind and your resistance to it. And that will really reveal a lot to you for sure. That's so good. I love that. Thank you. I think that's
1: really important just to start small and to really start asking yourself those honest questions. You don't have to share with anyone else. Talk to God about it. You know, Mm -hmm. an internal challenge. I think that's awesome. So Michelle, thank you so much. This has been absolutely amazing. And I would love for you to share where women can connect with you.
0: Thank you. I've enjoyed our conversation too. I love it. I love to share. I was just praying before this conversation. I'm like, man, whatever I do, I just want to give God glory. And I love that he is, he's allowed me to go through the years that I went through so that I can be here. You know, that's what's so cool. So I am, um, Uh, on podcast uh, as well. Set Free Sisterhood is the name of the podcast. And I also have a Facebook community because I do believe community is absolutely key in this journey. And it is Set Free Sisterhood over on Facebook. So you can just ask to join. You can reach out to me um, even through that community if you're curious at all about what it would look like to um even possibly work with me if that's something that you are uh interested in and then we can kind of go from there but at least the, you know get the, get on the podcast and then listen to all the different interviews I have interviews with women who have become alcohol free i've got just some teaching on there and i um i love that that's a that's a fun place to be
1: yes love your podcast so much michelle and it's such a blessing just as, as you can hear michelle is so wise and has so much to share with us so thank you so much definitely go join over there and
0: thank you again michelle thank you i appreciate you thanks for listening to want send the word may you be blessed and always be
1: a blessing bye Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode of wellness and the word. If you want to hear more from Michelle, come join the wellness and the word community over on Facebook because she's going to join us in the next couple of weeks and talk more about her mission to help women to stay alcohol free and just be set free. So you don't want to miss it. Come join
0: us.